Welcome, everybody. Season three of the How You Say podcast, episode number one. Thank you for joining us. I'm Boyd. And I'm AJ. And uh, I'm glad you all could be here again. All ten listeners. Yep. Hailing all the way from Sweden. (laughs) We are international. I'm excited that football season's back. Uh, So am I. I can't quite believe it. I don't think I will believe it until... Well, I was going to say Sunday morning, 10 a.m., but probably like Thursday, 5.30 is a better approximate. Sure, yeah. No, we've got a game coming up tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, It may take until week 16 for me to really believe we're going to get a full season in. I I don't know what percent chance we're going to get a full... 17-game regular season schedule. Given the... So, because baseball has done it so well-ish. Yes, except except for the, uh, you know... Cardinals. Rampant outbreaks of COVID between the Marlins and the Cardinals and But because of that, I believe that there will be maybe they'll give each team like one buy and then they have to feel like a like a, the second string mm. team mm-hmm. with the second string QBs and all that and when that happens it's just going to get fun more interesting for fantasy I will say 80% 80% okay yeah like with all this shenanigans happening I think uh, I think I'd put it at about forty percent. I think there's a fairly good chance we're gonna get somewhere around maybe twelve or thirteen games, but I think there's gonna be maybe a week in which there's no football. Maybe teams, maybe teams just you know get their games canceled, and so some teams maybe play fourteen, some teams play fifteen. There'll be something kind of funky yeah. with the schedule, which will be very fun for fantasy purposes when you know Sunday morning uh, your star wakes up with COVID and boom. Gotta be following that news. Yeah. So, uh, we should say, uh, like we did at the end of last season, congratulations to Corley. Your reign is now over. Yes, congratulations. And that is uh, all of the praise that you will get from us for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, so, we did a few new things this year. Yes, starting off 2020. Uh, welcome a new team member, uh, Ted Stone. Welcome to the league. Yeah. This is, I think, I think every year we welcome new team members. I, yeah, I don't think we've had the same 12 or same 10 in back-to-back years. Yeah. Um, Ted is not related, I don't think, to Brett Stone. He is not. Uh, not that we of, know of. Yeah, fans of the podcast may know of Brett Stone. Widely known. A uh, fan of the podcast, Brett Stone, is... <laughs> Yes. Uh, tell us a bit about Ted. So Ted and I uh, met in college, 2004. Uh, we were one of, well, each of us, we were the only two guys in a 100-person social psychology class. And uh, we basically just talked uh, sports all day, every day. Didn't, I think we got a D and a D-plus in that class. I don't know what it was, but uh, became fast friends at that point. Wait, you didn't talk to any of the girls? Didn't talk to any of the girls. <laughs> no, no. But here's the thing you got to realize. It was a psychology class, and only crazy girls are psychology majors. Apologies to all the girls out there that are psychology majors. But, like, <laughs> you know. 
that, that was not the, uh, the cream of the crop in that class. I will say <laughs> okay. that. Anyway, so uh, Ted and I have been playing fantasy football together for many, many years. Uh, the longtime league that I commissioned ended up folding. We had a lot of guys that just uh, stopped paying attention, and so I've been trying to renew the rivalry, and now uh, we're in the same division uh, mm-hmm. as, as well as the same league, and so I'm very excited. He's also from San Francisco, or in San Francisco right now? Uh, yeah, so he uh, grew up a bit of a nomad. I think he was born in D.C., uh, lived in the Bay Area for a little bit, I think. I, he grew up in Yelm, um, went to Yelm High. That's outside of Olympia. Uh, I think his dad's from San Francisco. I we'll, when we get Ted on, we'll get the full geographical history okay. of Ted Stone. All but I yes. wanted to say, he's a 49ers He is a 49ers fan, yes. Okay. We're, it's getting interesting, like, where you could say that there's four true Seahawks fans. Maybe five, if you could count Badger. Mm, sure. Right. We'll count Badger. And then there's three... Four Niners fans now. Three and a half? Four. Is Christina half Chargers still, or is she half Colts now that Rivers is on the Colts? We'll have to ask her when we get her on the podcast. Yes. But there is this rivalry going where initially when we started this league, it was always like, Mm -hmm. Seahawks players are overrated. We're going to, like, every person's going to be leeching for Seahawks players because you always want to good players on your fantasy team but you also want to root for your team mm-hmm. when they're playing and root for your players so it helps having players from your fans team yeah i think uh what we can glean from that is the only reason ted got in is because the seahawks fans still have the advantage at no point will seahawks fans be outnumbered in this league and we added badger last year to get our numbers back up to five which means <laughs> we could have added ted so that they have four maximum i will love it if badger comes back <laughs> Yeah. Messages, I am not a Seahawks fan. Uh, that'd be hilarious. That could be your new team name, Badger. Uh huh. Everybody needs a new team name. Even you have a new they, You know, 2020, new year, new season, Down Under Balls is now Sons of Anarchy. Tell us about that. Uh, I just felt like it was time for a change. And then I looked at my team and I decided I had, I think, four players with the last name ending in Sun. Hmm. So, I have two D. Johnsons. Okay. David and Duke. And then I have Carson. And I have one other. I've forgotten who. (laughs) Mm, A Jinkyason. I don't know. I'm sure he's really good, though. Yes. Uh, Okay, so you're playing off the sun theme. Yes. uh, Not the anarchy theme. Is your season going to be filled with anarchy? Well, that what we can look forward to. That's where the anarchy came from. Oh, okay. Like it was like Suns anarchy because the this season with COVID and all that. Who mm. knows? Mm-hmm. Maybe some anarchy and chaos happens. Like as you said, maybe we only play five games one week. What happens? It'll be interesting to know what happens. Like if there's catch up games midweek, mm-hmm. right? Sponsored do- by Hines. When do, when do they count? Like, do we have we won't know the results of some fantasy weeks until later on. Uh, no, I think if there was a game that was postponed, that would count in the week that it happens, not retroactively to the week oh, in which it was. Supposed what I'm to talking happen. about is they decide to do like a Thursday game and a Monday game featuring the same team. Um, yeah, I guess they could do something like that. I. 
but I think that that's how the week go. Well, I guess if they had a Tuesday or Wednesday, we'd have to figure that out. The NFL yeah. will definitely make that decision for us. Or ESPN. I got Goodell on speed dial. I'll just I'll dial him up real quick. Say, hey, Raj, got a fantasy football question for you. Um, okay, new, also new in 2020, we had some changes to the league. We added the super flex position, uh, which to all those listeners out there in Sweden that may not know what Superflex is, basically we add a position where you can start anybody you want uh, except for kicker. You can't start two kickers in this league yet. Can we just can we add kicker to Superflex? No. That's just, like, you are the son of anarchy. Yeah. Can we make that one of yeah. your, uh, you know, tease for later in the episode, AJ's new real corner, brand new this year. Okay. We'll, we'll get to that. Maybe. Um, but... Just like the name, Superflex does not mean you need to start two quarterbacks. Correct. My co-host here isn't starting two quarterbacks, I believe. Well, we'll see. I got Dwayne Haskins in the Superflex right now, just to throw people off the scent. (laughs) Uh, Basically, I'm just trying to get my projection as high as possible uh, for no apparent reason. But uh, no, when we get to my team, we'll, we'll go over that. But yeah, you could start two quarterbacks, or you could just get a really good flex uh, in that second flex position. So... We should tie this in with the other new change that we made was how we actually drafted this year, which is auction draft versus a normal snake draft. Yeah. And um, firstly, how did you find the auction draft? I I loved it. It uh, So my personal draft uh, was essentially over much quicker than I anticipated, um, but I did a lot of mock drafts and loved the idea of having a chance at every single mm-hmm. player, uh, in theory, until you spend all your money and then <laughs> you can't get any of those players. But, um, you know, it allows you to do so many different things, whereas with the snake draft, you're kind of penciled in to take in the best available player at your given draft slot when it comes back around. Uh, but auction, you can try to spend all your money on like three guys, or you can just build a lot of those, you know, classic fourth, fifth, sixth round guys and just fill your team with those guys. Mm-hmm. Look for the bargains, that sort of thing. So I love the flexibility that it gives. Uh, as, as the super flex gives you the flexibility to, you know, get two quarterbacks or four receivers. <laughs> Or four running backs, whatever you want. So uh, my take on it was the auction format um, really benefited our league, where we all know the order or the rough order of like the top 15 players. The top 15 will normally stay the same, or like you can predict 12 of the top 15 picks every year, and mm-hmm. you'll get it right. You may not get the orders right, you may not get all 12 happening in the first 12 picks, but you'll get it pretty close to it. Yeah. Because we all either read enough or mock enough or do enough research that we know kind of what's happening. Now, well, every year I would do a mock of our draft, which was always pretty fun. Like, I'd go through and predict who was going to get yep. picked at for, for which person, and uh, it's almost impossible to do that with the auction. Like, mm-hmm. who's to say who's going to spend... $85 on Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I'm a little disappointed that I don't have that exercise to go through in the off season, but I get, on the other hand, there's just different draft prep that. Yeah. And it was definitely a learning experience for us and maybe a, a learning experience for us. Cause we definitely went completely left of center of what 
I mocked out an auction and doing uh, mm-hmm. mock drafts what I envision certain players going for even with our keeper value and all of that yeah it the numbers for the running back ones that went off the board were way higher than I thought yeah well let's uh, let's go ahead and dig into that a little bit because I think off the bat that was my first impression uh, I, I've talked to a few people in the league and asked mm-hmm. them how they enjoyed it what kind of draft prep they did i asked them before that and then afterwards and it sounds like a lot of people had their different sites some people use dspn some people found unnamed sources which they will not reveal at this time (laughs) but most people had some sort of calculator to go off of and i would bargain to say that everybody was surprised as soon as you logged in the draft room because the projected values for the top three guys were in like the 80s i think mccaffrey might have been projected for like 92 yep now, my theory is that it wasn't so much that uh, there were fewer players in the pool and so it calculated the, that there would be more money available. I think it was because of the keeper thing that we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, last year, Danny and you uh, traded players for auction budget, and so your guys' budgets were higher than everybody else. Yep. The only way we could make that work with the, oh yeah so with everyone, the default values is yep. everybody's budget was 256 and then their keeper values adjusted it back downwards so i okay. think i think that's the reason that the values were so high was because yep. you got danny had a 256 dollar budget so if you say 256 instead of 200 yeah so that's a 25 percent a little over 25 percent yeah. yeah and so mccaffrey was going for like 70 so probably what, 75 you could say so mm-hmm. doing rough math in my head very quickly you add another 20 dollars on mm-hmm. for that 25 percent bump and you're at 95 yeah that sounds yeah. about right so you know i'd be curious if you know maybe nobody ends up acquiring auction dollars next year and the and the top budget's like 200 maybe it's 210 where the values will come back down or yep. whether maybe it was based on, you know, we had 36 players taken out of the pool for not much money. And so that's where the that uh, no. difference came in. So uh, Corey, Christina and I did the math, I believe. Oh, Corey and I did the math. And, <laughs> and it's basically the way you do it. And I'll reveal it now and share it for others because I want to improve the league. Yes. Is we are ambassadors for the league. We're not uh, up here just so, holding all the secrets to ourselves. So the example I'll give is your player, um, Alan Jones. Aaron Jones, yep. Alan Jones, you kept him for... $10. $10, but his nominal... Like, if you go, go to any site, ESPN, whatever, and pick out his auction value, mm-hmm. and let's say it was $36 right sounds about right so that means you have removed ten dollars from the auction but removed twenty six dollars from the budget and so you work out that twenty six dollars because it's a difference of twenty six dollars thirty six minus ten so you add up all of the differences and i got to a total of something like uh $380 $380 no sorry I got to a total of $410 okay and so uh, or it may 
it's basically four hundred and ten dollars divided by the total auction budget, which was like twenty four hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and that gives you a percentage, and that's the percentage increase in value. Okay. Because it's if you read up on sites, they tell you it's basic. Basically, it's supply and demand, where the original auction dollars are based off a total budget of two hundred and forty, like twenty four hundred dollars mm-hmm. being in the pool. Now there's less money in the pool, right? Which has disappeared from the pool, so you have to increase it up. Just like what you were saying, with when you decrease the like we increased all of our budgets, so yeah. all of the uh, expected values for the running backs went up. Okay. So are you saying that you would increase the value of the player by the percentage surplus value? Yes. Of the total? Okay, yeah. interesting. So you're, and so if you do it that way, because what you've done is basically reduce the number of player value in the pool, but you've increased, but you haven't reduced by the same amount the auction money. Mm-hmm. so you decrease because Aaron Jones is gone and he's $36 well out of the 2400 of the player pool 36 is gone but only 10 is gone from the auction pool okay so now that extra $26 has to be distributed to all the other players gotcha so yeah alright well let's uh, let's move out of the tech talk portion um, how about we get into some draft grades like that's pretty much why everybody wanted to tune in this week so uh we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back okay welcome back uh all right let's get into the draft grades uh because that's why everybody tuned in let's start with the commissioner uh christina aka spaghetti's vidangle uh we'll let her explain that when we get around the podcast uh christina you know uh top player was Clyde Edwards Hilaire at $56 and uh, didn't spend more than $26 on any other player. Uh, started with Kyler, uh, Darren Waller, Philip Rivers as keepers. Uh, you know, ended up with AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin as receivers, Keenan Allen Flex, Ronald Jones as the running back. I'm not super impressed with her team. Uh, I'm going to go 4 out of 10 on the pancake scale. Uh, similar but harsher remarks from me. I think, like, I will give her a pass and say, Clyde Ed- Edwards, he is the next Zeke. Like, if you remember back to Zeke, uh, Zeke's lucky season, he was selected third or fourth by Andrew mm-hmm. overall, and he came up and he delivered. Like he, mm-hmm. he was like a top five running back. So let's just say, well, Christina herself has been down this path because she drafted Saquon his yeah. rookie year, and that ended up working out pretty well for us. So, yeah. look, I don't hate her team. Um, I, I'll say this: I think everybody's team. If you squint, then you could see some pretty good things. Uh, just th- I think everybody also has question marks. So I think everybody, okay. for me, is going to be somewhere between that 4 and 8 range. Yep. Uh, Everyone you know, except for Christina is <laughs> between 4 and 8 for Well, me. look, you know, Keenan Allen at $10 was pretty good value. Sure, that's great. But her running backs got dealt a bad blow. 
where I don't know whether she she thought Blythe Love was better than Antonio Gibson, right? Okay. But Antonio Gibson's now the guy. Mm-hmm. Presumably. And, presumably. And then Ronald Jones was supposed to be the guy, but now is he third in line at Tampa? Fourth? Yeah, we'll see. It's a crowded backfield. Uh, it, look, that's the thing. You know, Christina has question marks. You know, she's got a rookie as her number one running back, which very well could work out. Uh, he plays yep. on a good team. But it's question marks after that. You know, how involved is Ronald Jones going to be? How involved is Bryce Love, who is now her third running back, as far as I can tell? Yeah. Um, I do like her receivers. You know, McLaurin is talented. Uh, A.J. Brown had a good year. We'll see if teams scheme against him. And, and Keenan Allen, I love myself some Keenan Allen. Uh, yeah. We've been through like, a lot together. Good times and bad times. Uh, but uh, I think her running back core, uh, her wide receiver core is decent. It's not extraordinary. Mm-hmm. It's not like, okay, her wide receivers are going to make up for her shortfall in running backs. Because even a... Everyone but Christian McCaffrey is going to have down weeks as a running back, who's, and they'll only give you, like, five points. Like, they'll only have... Because they'll go up against the Steelers' defense, or they'll go up against the Rams' front, and all they can do is get 50 yards on 10 carries. Like, yeah. That's all. So... That's why I, I don't think I gave my grade. It is a 2 out of 10. 2 out of 10. Uh, next up, let's just stay in the same household and go with Corey. Yes. Returning champion, uh, Captain Lamar Jackson, Devontae Parker, Cam Newton. And he went uh, he went a little more spend-heavy. He went 55, Kenyon Drake, 43, Miles Sanders. 27, Melvin Gordon. Uh, to nobody's shock, uh, he spent all his money on running backs, once again. Uh, ended up with Marquise Brown for $15 and AJ Green for 12 and then uh, some depth pieces behind those guys. Um, I, his running backs, I kind of like. Uh, I think there's question marks. You know, Drake and Sanders have never done it for a full season, mm-hmm. uh, which doesn't mean that they can't. It just means he's spending all his money on uh, hopes and potential. Yep. Um, but you know, you pair those guys, uh, with, you know, maybe a future trade acquisition, which we will, uh, get to later. But, um, I don't, I don't hate his draft. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go six out of 10 because I do like Marquise Brown. Uh, you know, $15, maybe that's what he was going for. Maybe that's a little high, but I like the potential there. I like the gamble. Um, you know, even if it's him and Devontae Parker as his receivers, it's not terrible. I mean, he did win a fantasy yeah. championship last year with like three quarters of a receiver. So yeah. uh, I don't know why you figure kept... out the backs, then you'll be okay. So I don't know why he kept Devontae Parker. <laughs> like I felt there should have been someone else on his. I you know, <sighs> but Corey goes through his phases. It was Josh <laughs> Gordon for a while. Uh, it was DJ Chark for a hot second, and then he yeah. traded him. Uh, Devontae Parker, it's just, you know, it's one of those things yeah. where you, you cycle back through uh, every couple of years. And... So I will say, and sneak peek into a future section, I will say he was a 6.5, 7 for me, and now okay. he's an 8 out of 10. 
So you like him a little better than I did. Yeah, he's an 8 out of 10 after the trade. Okay, how do you feel about those running backs? Are you in agreement, or are you thinking he got himself some studs for cheap? He, they or, weren't or cheap. Maybe fair price. The, they weren't cheap. I will say Mixon was slightly undervalued. Like I told, well, we'll get to that later. I told, yeah, let's get to that later. But Sanders, I think, was cheaper mm-hmm. than what everyone else in his the running backs surrounding him. What they went for versus what Sanders went for. Yeah. Sanders was cheaper. That now, was that was one of the bigger bargains of the day. Yeah. I will say that one of the things of drafting four weeks before week one mm-hmm. is we didn't like Sanders the Philly backfield was a little murky. Like you weren't sure is Sanders still only like the second and third down back or is he gonna be the bell cow and it looks more and more that he is the bell cow right because mm. it was like what was he last year he wasn't the bell cow he was the majority of the backfield yeah but, and i don't know that it'll be a whole lot different this year i mean they still have boston scott yeah so okay uh i don't know if i said it officially six out of ten on Corey's draft mm-hmm. all right uh next up my draft um, I went in with a definite strategy of get like two and a half stars. Uh, I was down. I, I'd spent uh, $29 in budget to acquire players last year, and so I was coming in at a deficit. My keepers helped me out a little bit, but I was one of the lower budgets, and so I figured I think my best bet is to get as many stars as I can, and I'll figure out the bench later. Uh, so I ended up Josh Jacobs at 63 Hopkins at 46, and DJ Moore at 28. Uh, and then uh, that was basically all my money, and I wasn't allowed to do anything else for the rest of the draft. Um, and I felt okay about it. I was kind of thinking going in that uh, that's essentially what I wanted to do, you know, star running back, star receiver, and then kind of a mid-tier guy. I thought that might be a quarterback. And then I could get, you know, maybe like a $10 guy to get that flex. And DJ Moore, uh, I was seduced by the inflated value, I think. I think uh, it showed up as like a $41 player, and I mm-hmm. got him for 28 And I got to the end of the draft and saw where other guys were going, and that's, I, it's still mo- more or less fair. might have been a dollar too high, but mm-hmm. uh, that's how I ended up. Uh, and my quarterbacks now are uh, Sam Darnold and... The Miami, Ryan, Ryan the, Fitz, the Miami, yeah. the Miami. I'm going Fitz Magic Week One. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how my team goes. Um, I still think I did about a six out of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have the quarterback position figured out yet, but I got plenty of bullets to fire. Yep. And uh, if I get that quarterback position figured out, then I think I'm going to be pretty tough to beat. Yeah. Leading some of my notes, I see. No. Uh, so I, I've given you a 6 out of 10. And I have said that if Fitzmagic... Let's say Hats, Haskins jumps to the next tier or two tiers, let's say, for his year two. Then you've got, like, two dependable quarterbacks. And that's really good. And that means then I would put your team at an 8 out of 10. So if you can figure out your quarterback situation, you can jump to an 8 out of 10. 
Yeah. Now maybe that's Tua coming in because after three weeks they go, Fitz, you're done. Like Tua comes in. I, I, I'm, I like your wide receivers, but they're. I don't know, other than Hopkins, whether you would be starting more than one based on your running backs. So you've got depth where you may not need it, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, you're saying I ordinarily would not start a third receiver if I had better quarterbacks? Would you start Fitzmagic over um, DJ Moore? Uh, that'd be a tough one. Right. But I'm probably starting DJ Moore over Haskins and Darnold. So, you mm. know, it's close. It, it's in that range. Yeah, but that's where it's like, you've got, you'll always be making a decision of, like, DJ Moore, Galladay, and your quarterback. Mm-hmm. And you're going, because Chubbs, Jones, and uh, Jacobs are locked in. For your RB, RB flex. Mm-hmm. So now you've just got your super flex to worry about. And that's where, if you hadn't, maybe if you hadn't spent that money on DJ Moore and upgraded to, say, instead of, uh, well, you kept Golday, so... I see what you're saying. Instead of spending $28 on DJ Moore, who is probably yeah. going to be, or probably should be a bench piece. I should have spent that on a quarterback yeah. that would definitely or, be startable over DJ Moore. Or if you're going to stick with your same strategy, instead of spending 60 bucks on Jacobs, spending 80 on Barkley or Zeke. Mm-hmm. I could see that. So that would be way more in line with the strategy that you were going for. Okay. Um I do like some of the bargains that you got, and I think you are going to be a real shot for the uh, under $5 week. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's single player. But... Well, I'm going to be all over that waiver wire. So I th- that was the other thing, is when you go stars and scrubs, all the players that I love, and, and Corey will say <laughs> the same thing, uh, you know, there's always players on the waiver wire you want to get. And if you build your team too deep in the draft, then you don't have room for them on your bench. So, yes. you know, right now I've got Antonio Brown, Devontae Freeman, uh, and up until recently, Lamar Miller, none of which were actually employed by an NFL team. And so lots of turnover possibilities on that bench. Okay, let's move on. Uh, I've got you coming up as the next team to talk about. Uh, I'll let you start. Uh, So after the draft, I was not happy with my team. I felt like going in with like $200 plus dollars, I wanted to get one of the top three running backs. And I pulled out a... Uh, Clishin McCaffrey too early. Got, looking back, I could, probably could have pushed Holtzclaw to 90. If he'd gone over 90, then so be it. Mm-hmm. But then... Yeah, it was just like... Uh, but now, giving giving it some time... I am more and more appreciative. And after the reports are coming out where Carson's not injured, I haven't heard anything bad about David Johnson recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like my... And then with Eckler as my keeper, my running back core is solid but not spectacular. Yeah. 
My, I think my quarterbacks are solid to spectacular, could become spectacular based on um, like Stafford going and continuing his 5,000-yard season. Uh, Rodgers going, this is my last season, I'm going to prove it and get myself a nice big contract. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like Andrews is great. I think Alan Robinson and Hill were both undervalued. Yeah. So, and I like my bench. Like, pretty happy. Uh, Did you give yourself a grade? No. Because you're too good for that. (laughs) All right. Uh, I'll start with the grade. I'm going to give you a 5 out of 10. Okay. And I'm going to follow that up by saying, I think your team is actually better than the grade I'm giving you. And I'll explain that. (laughs) I think considering that you went in with the second most money, I think to your point, uh, I would have expected you to end up with more stars. I think you spread it out and you built a, you built the deepest team in the league for sure. But something that I found over the last few years is deep doesn't always mean championship. You Mm got to get stars to win that championship with a couple of exceptions, Barrett, uh, maybe yourself from a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, you know, at Tyreek at 40, that was good value, but your running backs are Eckler, who's pretty good. David Johnson, who's been good, but kind of a question mark. Chris Carson, always an injury risk. Cam Akers, a rookie. Like I don't have the fear in my heart when I face AJ's team, uh, with those guys and Allen Robinson. Wow. That's a great value. You know, he's kind of that. 12 to 15 point a week guy which is great for stabilizing a roster but you know does your team have that 140 point potential or are they just going to be sitting around 105 to 112 I, I guess with the super flex the values are a little off but mm. are you going to be sitting in that pretty good range all year or are you going to be very good at any point so i don't know whether there'll be a whether we will get the super teams this year that we did last year I think we always end up with at least one or two super teams by the time trades roll around, as, yeah. as we'll get to. The aggressive traders <laughs> can take advantage of other people that... So what would what would my grade be if you thought I had a normal budget? Um, probably a seven. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you still... Like, I, yeah, I mean, you had more money to spend, but I think my point still stands. Like, that's that's a good team... But, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess if you had, if you had less money to work with, then I'd be more impressed with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you did a good job of accumulating talent. Uh, but you know, I think with that larger budget in mind, you would have been a guy I thought would have gotten maybe Camara at 78, maybe Jacobs who, uh, lots of people like maybe yourself included. Maybe I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not revealing anything. Maybe maybe like him. Maybe maybe mix in a fifty-two. I don't know. Uh, anyway, all right. Let's move on to uh, Fandrew. Uh, he started with keepers: Russell Wilson, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, all for the minimum, which is a great start. Um, I think those are probably still his best players. Yeah. So Andrew Law and I got into a bad situation um, in the draft mm-hmm. where I think it was after Holtzclaw snagged Henley 
Well, he kept Henry. No, who was it? Holtzclaw had like a second running back. Mixon. Mixon. Yeah. Sorry. And it was like, Andrew Law and I haven't spent any money. Yeah. So, and all the running backs are gone. So what do you, like, what do you do in that situation? And Andrew just decided to, whether it was out of his stubbornness or whether it was mm-hmm. just like, and stubbornness as in I'm not paying a dollar more than what I think a player is worth. Yeah. Or whether it was just like, fuck it <laughs> and see where it goes. Yeah. That's... Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, Andrew, Laura to a, a certain extent, although I think she was a little more aggressive, but... Andrew really seemed to be focused on getting value. I, I think he had a couple of players that he was keying in on, and we'll ask him about this when we get him on the podcast, yeah. obviously. We'll ask all of you about uh, what you're thinking uh, when we eventually get you on. Um, but, yeah, I, I think he had that kind of budgetary mindset going in, and, you know, he got some decent value, I guess. Cup at 27 isn't bad. Smith Schuster, if he comes back to being what he is, 32. But, you know, he got himself in a situation where, you know, a lot of the top guys were going for more than maybe their projected values were. And at some point, you just got to spend. Yeah, at some point, you got to quit thinking about the budget because he ended up with essentially 31 extra dollars at the end. And so we spent $32 on Ryan Tannehill. Mm -hmm. I think if we asked him today, would you rather have Ryan Tannehill or, I don't know, Chris Carson, he would pick Carson. That that was a guy especially where that was like the tail end of the guys that have the number one running back job mm-hmm. that he didn't go as high as I thought he maybe could have or should have. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to give Andrew a 2 out of 10. Sorry, buddy. So I, I think his running backs have need a lot of improvement <laughs> or DeAndre like DeAndre Smith or they just break the light way as in DeAndre Swift becomes the bell cow in Detroit yeah. and then James White does has a Austin Eckler type season where he is the receiving back and New England are behind in games. And so now they're just throwing it to James White. You're for... hoping he has a James White type season. He was that guy two years ago. Yeah. So... I, you know what? I'm going to go I'm gonna go three out of ten. I, you know, the bench pieces that he was, you know, he went for value. You know, you got Deontay Johnson at seven. You got Zach Moss at four. Like, there's some good value in there. There uh, is. I, I'm, I'm bumping it up to a three just for you, buddy. So I will... I will say it's a 5 out of 10. 5 out of 10, okay. All right, right, uh, let's move on to Eric. Uh, He came in with the lowest budget based on money spent last year to acquire keepers, Uh, but then he did get one of the better selections of keepers. He got Goodwin at 5, sorry, Godwin at 5, Kittle at 5, Watson at 10. Uh, He was one of the ones that spent on, like we had two quarterbacks that were not kept, that went for the most money. You uh, went 18 on Rodgers. He went 20 on Wentz. Uh, he got some pretty good value behind that. Uh, he got Jonathan Taylor, uh, who, you know, $25. Maybe that's a lot for a rookie that doesn't appear to have the starting job uh, from the get-go, but I like the player. 
Um, ESPN likes his team quite a bit. <laughs> a little uh, bit too I don't, much. I don't like his team quite as much as ESPN does. Uh, but considering, I, you know, I marked you down for having the big budget, not ending up with stars. Eric had the low budget, ended up with some pretty good value. I'm going to give uh, Eric a 7 out of 10, considering that he had the least amount of money to spend. So... He has, I don't, I like his wide receivers, Kittle is Kittle, and I like his quarterbacks with um, Watson and Wentz, Mm -hmm. right? And a theme from my comments, as you can see, is we in our league know running back is at a super scarcity. Yeah. Because you cannot trade an RB1 for more. Like, you cannot acquire an RB1 without giving up an RB1.5. And some. Unless you're Corey. Unless you're Corey and you... (laughs) um, We'll get to that. Promise Holtzclaw probably a really good review come review time. Mm -hmm. I think that's what's happened. Maybe some HJs going on there. Uh, So, I like Ingram. Good... Good running back. Hopefully Dobbins doesn't take up too much of it. For and, Eric's sake, yes. Yeah. And that has Carlos Hyde, uh, Nick Chubb from three years ago written all over it though. And if Michelle Sony Michelle or David Montgomery come back, it's basically he needs two out of these three players to be consistent performers, which are Michelle, Taylor, or Montgomery. Mm-hmm. And that's low odds. It's true. His running backs have a lot of question marks. So if they hit, his team's a 7 out of 10. If they don't hit, like if only one of them hits, he's like a 4 out of 10. Yeah. Like what would you rather have? Taylor and Ingram combine at 50 bucks, or like Carson and DeAndre Swift at 50 bucks. Carson and Swift. Yeah, because you've got the one guy you know you can count on, and then yeah. the one guy you're... You know, like, what's the difference between Swift and Taylor? Is it, you know, is it 50? I guess it's only $10. Is it $10 difference or? Wait, I have someone you can switch it in for, which is Carson and Akers. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I would go with Carson and Akers. <laughs> All right, so we're both 7 out of 10. I'm kind of a soft 7. That's more like a 6.5 for me now that I'm thinking about it. Anyway. I'm a 4. Oh, you're now a four. Like, I'm a seven if they hit. Oh, okay. But I don't think they're going to hit, so it's a four. So you're saying four. All right. Uh, officially 6.5. All right. Uh, now we've got Randrew, or Randy, uh, who auto-drafted. He was the, the only one that auto-drafted. Is this the second t- year in a row he's auto-drafted? Mm, might be. No, I think he was here uh, last year, and then two years ago, he auto-drafted. That was when he didn't get a single receiver until late. Like it, I, for whatever reason, Old Squad doesn't end up with too many... Oh, no, it was running backs. Yeah. yeah. One of the two. Hard to keep track. He usually forgets about an entire position uh, once every other year. So, uh, auto-draft gave him McCaffrey at 85, Mixon at 52. He already spent about 50 bucks on his keepers. Okay. Uh, which basically put him in the same position as me. And Holtzclaw and I didn't do any bidding for about two hours until everybody was all done, and then we could fill our bench and tight end and quarterback and all that. So uh, he ended up 
with, at the time, uh, the best backfield of Derrick Henry, McCaffrey, and Mixon. So, let me ask you this. Yes. Ignoring the trade, because we'll talk about it a little bit more. Yeah. Would you feel confident in your ability to pick wide receivers off the wire if you had Henley, Mixon, McCaffrey? Yes. Right? Even if you're starting... I'm probably the wrong person to ask that because I basically did that to a lesser extent. I completely ignored quarterback until later in the draft. Uh, I'm relying on my flex guys and my ability to get depth at at receiver and back, but find those quarterbacks late. And so he started with Matt Ryan and those three running backs. I absolutely, um, at that point, would have held on to those guys and scoured the waiver wire. I mean, he ended up with... Uh, you know, Fitzgerald, you can start him on occasion. Robbie Anderson, Deshaun Jackson, these are guys that are flex kind of pieces. But when you've got Henry McCaffrey and Mixon, you don't need Mike Evans and Odell Beckham. You need, you know, Devontae Parkers and guys like that. Yeah, because the likelihood is one of those three is going to have like a 25-week every week. Yeah, if you just start the boom, if you start all boom bus guys, yeah. then you'll hit on those, you know, if you can select the right ones. So, I think, like, I don't know Holtz Claw being a family man, whether he would spend the, like, you would have to do, like, two hours of research a week, going, who's the wide receiver to, who isn't on anyone's um, team, that I can pick up and start this week, because they're going against the Lili... Bad mm-hmm. defense. It probably wouldn't take that much research. Yeah. If you knew where to look. Maybe the first week you find the site that you go to. But. Yep. Um, all right. Well, look. For the second out of three years, we're giving Holtzclaw a draft grade based on something that he did not do, although we don't really know uh, what he did for pre-draft rankings. I'm going yeah. to give him a four out of ten. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Andrew, but I'm giving the auto-drafter a higher grade uh, based on what he ended up with, because he ended up with the two stud running backs. He got Higby at $2, and I don't love Higby, but mm-hmm. at $2, that's, and we'll get to this later, that's one of my favorite values at the tight end position. And, you know, there's some guys at receiver that he can start, and it may take him a week or two, but if he can find the DJ chart from last year and the Terry McLaurin, then, yep. like, who wants to face Holtzclaw? Yeah, I, I give Holtzclaw a 5 out of 10. Okay. And just see about depth. Like, I think if Henley gets injured or out of favor, if McCaffrey can't gel with Bridgewater, who knows? Uh, All right. Uh, let's move on to Barrett. Uh, she only had two keepers, James Conner and DJ Chark. Uh, and, spoiler alert, I'm giving her an 8 out of 10. She was one of my favorite drafts. She got Adams... Devontae Adams, $47. That was one of the better values mm-hmm. uh, at wide receiver. Uh, she got Kamara at 78 who was just you know a hair below the main guys, but I think he's just as good as those guys. Beckham at 25 I thought that was one of the better values of the draft. Uh, Will Fuller at 12 you know, kind of, you know, he's that boomer bust kind of guy. Uh, but then quarterback, like she went in, there were only a couple of us that did not keep a quarterback. Mm-hmm. She was one of them. She ended up with Goff at four, Cousins at two. 
And that was the exact scenario that I would have wanted for myself. Unfortunately, I didn't have enough money to compete uh, and get those guys. Um, but I really like what she was able to do. Uh, and then I, I kind of like some of her bench pieces, too. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I really like how well-rounded her team is. And it's got a little bit of depth. It's not completely lacking. It, Like, running back, scarcity as it is... I think she's done pretty well. I don't know how well Beckham is going to be. Right? I have my chips on Landry. But mm, okay. Each their own. So I've given Barrett a... I've still rated her highly at 7 out of 10. Yeah, all right. Um, okay, let's move on to Laura. Uh, she had one keeper, Josh Allen... And um, she was a little more tight-fisted with her money uh, than others. Uh, she spent a little bit bigger than Andrew did. Um, and, you know, by the end of the draft, I really like what she did with the receivers. Julio at 44, Evans at 39, Woods at 18. That's one of the better receiving cores in the league. Unfortunately, uh, I don't know what she's doing at running back. Um, yeah, would have wanted so- to see her go a little heavier on running back earlier in you know, she apportioned those resources to receiver. That's fine. But now she got Leonard Fournette, who, you know, we didn't know he was going to be cut and then in a timeshare. Uh, and then Dobbins as her second running back is now what she's rolling with. So. so the way I see it is Fournette, he could be anything in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. He could be the RB1 at the end of the year. Could be. He could also be nothing. Um, and so Dobbins also. Who was it last year? Who was supposed to be the heir apparent to England? Uh, that was... Some guy. Some guy who is still <laughs> on the Ravens. Justice Hill. Yes. Freely available on the waiver wire. Um, and so is Dobbins that guy this year? Well, or is we'll he going to take over? So... If the running backs break her way, and like she's got Peterson on her bench, mm-hmm. so if Peterson takes over at in the Lions, and now she's got three RB ones, right? Right. Yeah. Like I said earlier, you can squint and see good things from each of these teams. Yeah. You know, maybe Hyde ends up taking that job in Seattle. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go five out of ten on Laura. So, uh, based almost solely on the strength of those receivers and yep. a little bit for the potential of Dobbins, because I do like Dobbins. So I give it a little bit more potential, and I, I will actually do the same. I was going to give it a six, but then I took one off for uh, Glonkowski. I mm-hmm. think Glonkowski is going to be cut week one. Week one. Bold prediction. Yeah. Uh, I'm Are gonna you say... willing to take it? The other side. Yes, I now, think I he lasts few, more than I, one week. I no, want, you said he yeah, yeah. cut. I will get, give me three weeks. He, like her team, she's gonna cut him. Oh, she's gonna cut him. Yeah, oh, I thought she's you gonna be cut, cut by no. her team. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, you think Rob Gronkowski will be cut by Laura before the games of week three? Yes. Okay, I will take that bet. I take the over. Okay. Put it on the bold calls board. Uh, so five to a seven if the running backs break away. So five out of ten. Like. 
All right, next up, Badger. Uh, she kept Kareem Hunt, Julian Edelman, Amari Cooper. Uh, her big expenditure was Dalvin Cook at 66. Then she followed up with Todd Gurley at 27. Um, loaded up on quarterbacks. Burrow at 11. Garoppolo at 5. Uh, Roethlisberger at 8. And some other dudes. Uh, I'm going to go I can go 6 out of 10. I don't, I don't love the team, but I, I kind of like it. Uh, you know, the receivers, it will throw Hilton in there for the receiving core. And Gallup, I know you love Gallup. Uh, that's a pretty decent receiving core. The backs, you know, Dalvin Cook uh, has never made it through a full season, uh, but he did make it pretty far last season before getting hurt, and he was very productive when he's out there. So I think that's pretty fair value for him. You know, mm-hmm. if he is what he is last year, then that'll be uh, a bit of a bargain, uh, probably not a huge one. And Gurley, you know, who knows? If he ends up becoming 2017 Todd Gurley, then that's a bargain at 27. Um, but it's, uh, kind of thin and you're kind of hoping that those guys stay healthy and, um, mm-hmm. and Burrow at 11, I'm not sure if that's a keeper play or if she's a believer in Joe yeah. Exotic. But. So I've given Badger a 7 out of 10, but I'm taking one off and you can get this one right back, Badger. Mm. She's got two keepers, <laughs> two kickers. Oh, yeah, she does have two kickers. So that is why it's a six. Kickers are people, too. You can make it a seven instantly, Badger. Take If you would like, Badger, I am on your side to get the Superflex change to include kickers so that you can start two kickers every week. I'm on board with that. I don't happen to own a kicker at this particular moment, but, yeah, yeah you, that'll change. Okay, now we're going to move on to Danny. Okay. Who I didn't want to give a perfect grade to anyone mm-hmm. but last year you gave some perfect grades so i felt like i should give one perfect grade yeah okay year. and so he's he his team is the scary goliath team he has a like he's got zeke he's got mahomes he's got kelsey and then on top of that, he picked up Breeze. He he kept Breeze. So as long as single Kelly does okay, and someone like his running backs are a little thin after Zeke, I will give you that. But so are everyone's. I think his wide receivers like he's got Thomas. So he's got four out and out studs. Yeah. Well, that's... So, you went 10 out of 10. I'm going 9 out of 10. Uh, yeah. Danny's going to get my highest grade. Great job. Uh, <laughs> begrudgingly. But, um, like, he started with the most money, so this is exactly what I would expect somebody in his position to do. But this is how I see Danny's team. He potentially has the number one player at four different positions. in Mahomes, Zeke, Thomas, and Kelsey. That's going to be yeah. pretty tough to deal with for anybody else. Now, it's not a perfect grade, because, to your point, I think there's question marks beyond that. Um, he kind of... Look, he kept Singletary. I'm not a huge Singletary guy, but I've oh, he been known to be sing- wrong from guy. time to time. Yeah, he kept him. He kept Singletary, Breeze, oh. and Mahomes. Um, and then Mostert, you know, uh, if he gets week 12 through 17, Colonel Mustard, then that's going to look pretty smart. But, mm-hmm. you know, with what his budget was at the time... Uh, he basically put all his chips in the in the Mostert bucket, as opposed to spreading those out to maybe you get 
you know, a Swift and I don't know, a Zach Moss and, and somebody else, you know, maybe mm-hmm. you spread those out to further that depth because you don't have that second stud. Um, and then by the same token on the receivers, his second receiver is now going to be, is it Crowder? Is it Brandon Cooks? Mm-hmm. Is it a rookie, Jefferson or Ayuk? So, look, like I said, everybody's got question marks. Yep. Danny's are relatively small when you consider that his studs are, you know, going to be hard to deal with. Um, but all in all, I think he did a, a pretty good job. And now to the newcomer. Last but not least, Ted Stone. So, I... I'm not just being nice because you're a newcomer, Ted. I actually do like your team. Um, I don't like Tom Brady. I don't know whether he can air it out as much as, say, Winston could mm-hmm. to hit, to fully get the capability of Evans and Godwin. Right? So, who knows? But everyone else likes Tom Brady. Barkley's great. Lockett's good. Sutton is good. Henley should be good. Maybe you need a little Hunter upgrade. Hunter Henry. Yeah, Hunter Henley. Mm-hmm. Um, Diggs is great. I think he'll succeed even more with Josh Allen's arm than with Kirk Cousins' arm. Yeah. And, like, Baker Mayfield is your second quarterback. Maybe needs a lead thing. But then you've got Antonio Gibson just sitting there on your bench. Yeah. And... Um, Edwards, the receiver in uh, Las Vegas there as well, with Tyler Boyd on your bench. Not technically a draft pick, but we'll get to that. Oh, yeah. All right, so what would you give him? I gave him an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. Okay. I was waffling between a 7 and an 8. I'm going to go 8, because as you're naming off these guys, I kind of like each one of them. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the lineup that he ended up with is pretty good. Love the value he got with Sutton at 16, Tyler Boyd at 9, uh, Diggs at 15, for that matter. You know, Le'Veon at 37 might have been a bit high, but uh, he didn't come into the draft with any running backs. And, you know, Saquon is a great start. Um, I kind of like his depth pieces. You mentioned Antonio Gibson. I like Hunter Henry myself. Uh, you know, for $4, that's a pretty good gamble yep. on the tight end position. So I think he did a nice job with getting the star in Saquon, getting some nice depth pieces uh you know he doesn't have maybe that true number one receiver i don't know if he's got a, a wide receiver one but he's got at least three wide receiver two types if not four uh with tyler boyd yep. so um I'll, i like what ted did and uh we'll see how it goes all right well for the first Colin guest of the year we thought Nobody better than uh, last year's top finisher, Corey Duncan. Corey, how you doing today? I'm doing all right. Uh, I had to be awakened from uh, my slumber for this uh, this call <laughs> show. Uh, for everybody that's listening at home, we're recording this at three fifteen in the morning. <laughs> we uh, kept him kept him waiting in the green room. What they were doing and got me onto the line, but because I'm the champion, I understand I have responsibilities. So we, I'm willing to do that for we, we have found that making the guests sweat in the green room for hours on end, it really brings out the, you know, kind of charisma and, and listenability of, of the podcast. So, it, you know, science has proven that that's the way to go. And you can't argue with science. 
All right, let's move on. <laughs> After that awkward... <laughs> See, so, Koi, uh, you've been involved in multiple auction drafts in other leagues. How did you feel our league did in the setup of the auction draft, doing it online? Ultimately, I think it, it went pretty smoothly. Uh, you know, I actually had uh, another draft right after this one uh, a week later. And we did have a, a little bit of an extra complication where we had to do some of the auctioning offline. But then to get people to figure out the transition from the offline to the online part of it required us to restart the draft, I think, at least five times. Okay. And we didn't have to restart it a single time for this draft. So I, I think that was well. Good. Technically, we had to restart it for the whole James White debacle. Yes, but but that was just one player. That was that yeah. was one player, and that yes. wasn't due to people not understanding. It was like we had an internet connectivity issue. We did, yeah. Sure. And considering like twelve people in multiple different places around the world, uh, that's excusable. Uh, let me ask you this. Yeah. Were you surprised when you walked into the draft room and saw the projected values for all of the players? Or was that something that you expected, that those guys would be listed so high? No, it's about, it's about where I had it for the most part. Uh, I, I think I'm not the only one. I think maybe it was saying it's been something similar, but I went ahead and did all the math in, in uh, the keeper values to say, well, this person supposedly is worth this much, so we got this much more money that's into the auction values. Did all that math and approximated, and it's about 25% more than what the standard values were for everything, and that's kind of what it ended up being for everybody. Okay. So, Boyd made an interesting point early in the podcast, which it is, if you look at our auction budget, our unofficial official auction budget was $256, right, in ESPN. Because yeah. because Danny had that much money, and so we had yeah. to base everybody's budget off of that so that the math would work out. And my hypothesis is that that's what those values were based off of, not so much that there was keepers taken out and there was surplus value. But uh, we may but we may get the same. answer to that next year. When you end up when you end up working it out, it's the same. Uh, it could be. We'll, we'll never know. This, this is but, one of those mysteries, just like. Ultimately, balances out to being about the same yeah. thing. Okay, that's what they said about Area Fifty One. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right, so you feel like it went pretty well for everybody. How did you feel specifically about how your draft ended up? Well, I uh, at the end of the day, happy with the team. I uh, feel like I got some good players, good values. But it was something where there were more players going for a little bit more than what I expected them to, despite the listed values. A lot of people were going way above those listed values. And some of the running backs in particular that I wanted to target were flying off the board at high, high prices that I wasn't going to spend. And I did walk away a little disappointed with uh, some of the guys I ended up with that forced me to make a early season trade to fix that. Mm-hmm. Did you end up with any rookie running backs, Coley? Uh, I did not, because everybody was paying about 400% of their value. <laughs> Is this the first year you've ever not drafted a rookie running back in our league? 
Possibly. I feel and like... I it's, it's a lot different when you're trying to budget the dollars instead of just being able to say, well, I can take this person right now and I can take that with that person in the next round. And, you know, being able to budget the $20 that it would take to take a rookie running back, uh, just there's not enough room for that on the roster. Mm-hmm. I'd rather spend five more dollars and get a better. Sound logic. Um, okay, well, yeah. you, you teased it. We've been teasing it all podcast. We've been trying to, to wait until we, we got you on live. So we had a big trade. Uh, I believe it was the very next day after the draft. Or, or was it two days? Uh, one or two days. One shortly, or two days. Shortly thereafter yeah. was when I uh, texted the robot that drafted for Andrew Oldclaw uh-huh. and asked the robot if he'd be willing to make a trade, and he was in. And tell us about the trade. Tell us who you got and who you gave up. Who do you think won the trade? Or would you say that it was one of those rare you know, I'm, win-win? I'm not here to, to tell anyone that their team isn't as good as mine. You know, the results, they just, they speak Look, the trade well. has been done. But You're not going to ruin I anything. Think, just, you know. <laughs> At the end of the day, I think it ended up being a fairly even trade. And you can always tell when you're making these trades that you're like, either please, please, please hit that accept button as soon as possible because I can't wait for this to happen. Or, yeah, we should definitely do this, but I kind of don't want to. And that was, even though I got probably the biggest star in this in Joe Mixon, it was scary giving away what I think is going to be a really good quarterback, giving away what might have been my uh, best wide receiver that I drafted, uh, giving away a potential star running back. There was there were things that I was giving away, mm-hmm. but uh, at the end of the day, I am happy that I made the trade. Uh, was IBM Watson involved in this trade at all? And if so, I what did he have they, to say? They either not released it yet, or I hadn't noticed it. Yet. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but uh, there's been some amazing ideas that I put out there. Usually, in the favor of whoever it was me to trade with. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you for your take. Uh, AJ, would you like to give your synopsis of the trade? So I think very shortly after, I think it was an even-ish trade. Uh, I think instead of getting back quarters, you back, got back 20-cent coins. Or uh, Holtzclaw got back 20-cent coins. So I think he got 
80 cents on the dollar. He got Canadian quarters, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he, he invented new coins. Those are probably rare. Maybe well, Australia time. has 20 cent coins. I Why think he got you? four pesos for the $1 that he gave up. I don't know. Um, all right. Well, look, I think that you far and away won the trade. Uh, we also think that you far and away won the trade last year for, you know, the Odell Beckham for Singletary, Matt Ryan, and the back rub or something. I don't remember what the other piece was. But, look, time will tell. Uh, you know, maybe Mixon gets hurt. Maybe these are migraines that he's suffering from. Maybe A.J. Green comes back to being A.J. Green that he hasn't been for four years. Maybe Cam Newton returns being the Cam Newton he was three years ago. Maybe Christian Kirk blossoms into a great player. And maybe Dalvin Cook gets hurt and Madison takes that job. But that's a whole lot of maybes for what we think we know about Joe Mixon, which is top 10 running back. And uh, now you potentially have three of them. So uh, great job. Joe Mixon's migraines may have cleared up now that he got paid $48 million. May have. (laughs) Crazy how that happens. All right. uh, Well, let's move on. Uh, We are doing a weekly game every week this week, and we would like you to join us. Uh, this week's game, uh, we're going to play uh, a game called uh, Best Team You Can Make for $200. Uh, we were workshopping that name, uh, and the folks group, uh, that, that was the best one. Um, so basically, the premise of this game, using the existing money that was spent on these players, what is the best team? Uh, and I only did starting lineup. AJ did a full roster. I don't know what you did, Corey, but best team you can make for $200, which was our budget, uh, no keepers. So we're pretending you didn't have any keepers and we're pretending that all everybody else's keepers were in fact kept. Uh, so as the guest, uh, would you like to go first and let us know, uh, you know, this could be the all value team. It depends on, I, I don't know how you looked at it, um, sure. but, but give us your best roster. You? So did, did I just hear you say then that you spent $200 on the starting lineup alone? I, not literally, I spent most of my money on starters and each of my bench guys was a dollar. So I, I effectively, he basically did his there's a again. kicker, there's okay. a defense, there's seven bench guys. So I spent, That's you know, $191 on my starters or whatever that was. I didn't want your starting lineup to look better. <laughs> well, so what I ended up looking at here was, first of all, way that you described the rules was that everyone who was kept was therefore not available. So you're sort of coming into a draft Correct. in our league with zero keepers and $200. And that made the quarterback position really tough. So my take on that was I'm not paying any money for quarterbacks. And I'm going to go out there and basically try to assemble the teams that I typically try to make, which is spend all your money on running backs, see what's left over for a couple wide receivers, and see where we're at. So to fit them all under budget, I had to find the three best, least expensive running backs. And who I got was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire for $56. And then a couple guys that ended up on my team, Miles Sanders for 43 and Joe Mixon for 52 so Those are my three big money players locking up the running back positions for what I thought were relative values at the position. Mm-hmm. Then I came in looking for the, the bargains on the starting wide receivers. And the two that stood out to me that I thought were really good deals was Keenan Allen for $10, A.J. Green for 12 And then at quarterback, I just went on the cheap, but I uh, needed to spend more than a couple of dollars on those things because the worst thing you could do is walk out of this draft and have 
something like Dwayne Haskins and Sam Darnold as your two QBs. <laughs> Don't forget about the Miami situation. You could have gone with the Miami situation as well. Which is forever how they'll be known. Jimmy Garoppolo for $5. And then uh, Drew Locke, my boy, for $2. Okay. And then just threw on the bench uh, Derek Carr for an extra buck. I thought that was a good $1 value to throw in there. Do you have a tight end? I filled up a bunch of bench spots. And for tight end, I also was running out of money. So I had to go with a $2 tight end. So looking around, couldn't find a whole lot of values other than the one I took myself. So I took AJ Hockey for the next one. So basically, the one thing I did stash on my bench because I did have all my bench spots filled out. Um, so I did spend six dollars. This is my big money bench player was Antonio Gibson. Tad did a good job drafting at the right week mm-hmm. and got a guy for six dollars that probably would yep. be in that twenty dollar rookie range uh, compared to everybody else. Yeah. So Corey, if I got it right, your starting lineup is all value. In your team. More or less. Yeah, he went with a lot of his own players. Basically. I drafted. You have to be looking at this from two perspectives. What are the best players? I drafted most of the best players. And what fits under budget? So who was good values? And obviously, I was finding good values in the draft. Yeah. Okay. There were a couple of guys that I saw on other teams and and made me jealous. And uh, those are the people I pulled over. I told Christina after the draft. Man, I wish I had spent another couple of dollars on Edward Filler because I think for six dollars was a steal. Yeah. Well, that's you know I, I'll just take a quick segue here. That was what I found most interesting is like you see guys during the draft and like for me I saw Mixon go for fifty two and Holtzclaw was you know was auto bidding but he was bidding against me pretty high and I was thinking all right I think I'd rather have Jacobs at that same price. But you never know. You know, if I would have gone for Mixon, that probably would have been more like 55, 56. And Jacobs, for whatever reason, went more than that. So, you know, I ended up spending maybe a little more than I wanted to. But I, you know, you never know with these auction drafts which guys are going to sag a little bit, like Allen Robinson, and which guys are going to be a little bit more expensive, like, I don't know, DJ Moore, we'll say. Yeah, that's exactly right. I had basically on my draft board going into it, basically Edward Solaire, Sanders, Mixon and Joe and Josh Jacobs, basically all the same price, and then mm-hmm. they came in these wildly different spots. Miles Sanders at forty three, Mixon at fifty two, and then Jacobs at what did you spend sixty five dollars on him? Sixty three. So I believe you yeah. got lucky with Sanders, Miles Sanders, because he was the third nominated player. He went yeah, pretty he went early. early. Yeah, yeah, and at that point. As I revealed earlier on the podcast, and I'll let you know, Corey, my strategy was get two stars and then one kind of mid-star. And I didn't want Sanders to be one of my stars. Like, I, I love the value, and I'll just reveal Sanders is on my $200 team. But, like, I knew if I got Sanders at, I don't know, maybe it would have been 44 maybe you would have kept bidding 46 whatever it was. But I didn't feel great about that being the guy that I spent, you know, 40% of my remaining budget on, so... Okay, uh, what's your take? Yeah, well, okay. AJ, so you went, Boyd, with the, the strategy of having at least two stars to start with. AJ went with the other strategy of not drafting any stars. <laughs> so it's good that we have different, different approaches from everybody yep. on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so my $200 team, I'm just going to start uh, from the top down uh, as you look at rosters. So quarterback, I went Roethlisberger, $8.00. 
Uh, receivers, I went Tyreek at 40, Odell at 25. Uh, the running backs, a uh, couple of guys from Corey's team, Mixon at 52, Sanders at 43. I just, you know, considering, uh, like I just said, I had Mixon right there with Jacobs, and, you know, we'll throw Edwards Hilaire in there, and he was cheaper than both of those guys. Um, and then Sanders at 43, it's good value. I don't, I like the player. I don't love the player, but at $43 and considering the other guys around there, I thought that was really good. Um, that was starting to shrink my budget a little bit. So I went Sutton, Cortland Sutton at $16, which I thought was pretty good value. Uh, rounding it out with Goff as my Superflex, $4. Higby as my $2 tight end. I like Higby a little better than Hawkinson. And then... Um, I didn't really fill out a bench because uh, at that point I had one guy at $2 and a bunch of guys at $1 and I didn't have the uh, mental stamina to figure out who my 2 and $1 players were. So uh, that was my starting lineup. So let me just say mine because I think it's going to be very similar. <laughs> let me... Here, let me uh, flip he this. He thinks it will be. He's not sure yet. He's still working on it. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're trying to deal with uh, two so, phones and one screen and one phone call. Yeah. So I did – so my three quarterbacks for three – like $1 each, which I thought was like the best value, was like Golf Cousins car. Well, that would have cost you $7. Uh, was $4. Golf was 4 Cousins okay. was 2 and I think yeah. car was 2 Yeah. Maybe. So AJ's team was already illegal, but let's keep going. Then I went with uh, CMC and Sanders as my two running backs with Hill. Mm-hmm. So instead of going to three running backs as your stars that you did, Corey, I went two running backs and a wide receiver. I then also picked up Keenan Allen and Gallup as my two other wide receivers. So I was going to start three wide receivers. And then on my bench, some really good bench. Like I think Miller is decent. For one dollar, Duke Johnson for two dollars, Peterson for two dollars, Anthony Miller that is Anthony Miller, yeah, not Lamar Miller, he's not and employed. Robbie Anderson for a dollar were all good values in the one dollar range. So we have uh, similar players. Like I think we all pick Sanders. Well, you went for the biggest money player. You, yeah, you went big with CMC. Followed it up with Hill and. Sanders. And Sanders. And the reason I did that was the difference between CMC and Zeke and Barkley, and even between, say, CMC's 85 mm-hmm. and, say, Josh Jacobs' 60, CMC's value is much greater than that. Yeah. So that's what I... That's the strategy I tried to go with. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I was to lose someone, it would be basically... Lose Peterson, and who is my... Oh, yeah, my tight end was O.J. Howard for a doll. Well, I think what we can glean from this is that, you know, you can make a pretty good team with no keepers. It, yeah. Assuming, and this assumes that you get every single one of the best values, essentially. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, for me, it illuminates the point of, you know, you never really know. Uh, you may get the guy for 43, or you may get the guy for 63. Mm-hmm. And that's the fun of auction drafting. Yeah, and I yeah. think we've all learnt 
and hopefully next year is going to be even better and more exciting. It will be interesting to see what course corrections there are next year. Yeah. Uh, Corey. Well, what will be, be different next year is Mahomes and Lamar Jackson both fall off the keeper status. Mm-hmm. And we will eventually start having to pay more and more for these quarterbacks. So it'll be a big spike with those two guys and then still a bunch of other quarterbacks kept. Uh, but two years from now, I think that's going to significantly change how much we're spending on running backs and wide receivers when we're having to allocate more to the quarterbacks. Right, because nobody spent more than $20 on a quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Uh, One quick take here that uh, we both we all seem to value some running backs in this exercise, but I just was quickly playing around with a couple other guys that I thought were values in this draft. And so if you wanted to go kind of go get your best wide receivers possible. Julio Jones was 44. Devontae Adams was 47. Uh, Odell Beckham was 25. So if you have those as your three starting wide receivers, and then you threw Miles Sanders and say like Melvin Gordon for $27, you still got 10 bucks left over. That's another another spin that nobody really went down with going heavy on the yeah. star wide receiver. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All righty. Cool. Well, uh, Corey, we're going to let you go. Uh, we understand it's very late there in uh, Sweden. In Sweden, yeah. Are, are you our Swedish listener? We're curious. Maybe it's maybe There's it's Christina. Christina's a daughter of Sweden, right? Water. Yeah. All righty, sir. Well, good luck to you uh, over the season. Good luck this week. You're facing me. Um, I'm going to try not to rain on your championship parade. I are you. Is there any sort of ring coronation ceremony that she'll be distracted with or anything like that? Or I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I already sent out a picture of me with the trophy, so if that's you want to look at that while the games are being played, that, uh, <laughs> that's one source of inspiration for you. You did get the invitation board, right? And you ignored it like everyone else. The oh, coronation ceremony for yeah. Koi? Uh, no, actually, I don't think I was invited. I, I think uh, they just wanted it. Uh, to be a closed ceremony, uh, to where there wouldn't be any, you know, cat calling or naysaying or, or anything or like COVID. that. COVID. Or clothing? COVID. Or clothing. Yeah, there wouldn't COVID. Be, yeah, there wouldn't be any COVID either. <laughs> okay, Coy. Hope you have a Great good win. Guys. Hope you have a good win this season. Because my co-host needs to be taken down a peg, as always. Ha! Bye for now. Don't you worry. All right. Well, thrilling as always. Thank you, Corey. Uh, Let's move in to the week one previews. Uh, Up first, we've got Fandrew against Badger. Badger currently with a 14-point projected advantage. Yeah, but I think I'm going to go with Fandrew. Because I think he's got some players in there who are... Underprojected. Like, I think James White is going to get more than 10 points this week. Maybe not every week, but this week. Mm-hmm. And I think DeAndre Swift is the starting running back for the Lions, unless Peterson takes over. Mm-hmm. So he's going to get more than five. And then Lothersberger, I don't believe in him that much. Okay. And neither with Julian Edelman getting, like, his 100 yards. Or, like, 50 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. So... For that reason, even though Andrew Fandrew is a 14-point underdog, I'm going with Andrew. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Badger in a low-scoring matchup. I think this might be the lowest-scoring combined match. I think it, this has, like, 91-88 written all over it. 
Um, I just I think all of those players are maybe a little underwhelming for me. Uh, but Badger with the close win. All right, uh, next up, we got Randy and Barrett. Barrett with the, oh, no, Randy with the one-point projected advantage. Yeah. After that big Joe Mixon trade, after he traded away his star for so, pesos. <laughs> Canadian pesos. Anyway, um, I, I'll take Barrett. I, I like her team better. Um, and, you know, Holtzclaw's got Henry and McCaffrey, and that's fine, but... Uh, I'm not sold on the rest of Holtzclaw's team. I'm going to take Holtzclaw. Alrighty. Uh, next up, we've we, got. Uh, yeah, Corey versus you. Corey versus me. Let's do it. All right. So right now, I've got a one point projected advantage, but I will point out Corey does not have a defense. I do not have a kicker. So based on those, Corey probably gets the one-point projected advantage, but we're close. We've got close teams. Corey probably gets a five-point projected Probably. What? And I'm probably going to throw in Galladay instead of Haskins. There's no way I'm starting <laughs> Haskins week one. Uh, but uh, I like myself in this matchup. I, I got to say, um, you know, considering I decided not to draft really any quarterbacks of note, I'm kind of surprised that I am so close in projection to Corey's team. Um, but, I mean, I'll say this. Like, I went with the six position guys, the three running backs, three receivers, no quarterbacks. I think that's the best group of six guys of any team in the league. Okay. So, like, other guys, okay. maybe they've got... So, are you picking yourself? I am picking myself. Okay, I will pick Corey. All right. <laughs> uh, all right, then we got Ted versus Christina. Uh, Ted with a five-point projected advantage. I'm going to stick with the projections. Give me Ted. First time we're agreeing. All I right. will go with Ted as well. Uh, all right. Then we should have one more non-marquee matchup. We've got Eric versus Laura. Eric with the 19-point projected advantage. Um, I think I gave them both. No, I gave Laura five and Eric a six and a half. Um, but I do like how Eric's team ended up. So... Give me Eric in this one. Same. Give me Eric. Okay. Uh, that leads us to the marquee matchup of the week. We've got big budget number one versus big budget number two, AJ versus Danny. Uh, both of you are projected in the 130s, which are the highest two projections. By eight points. By eight points. Like I think the next highest is 123 or 122. Hmm. Okay. Or oh, there's a 124 by 124. Eric. All right. Um, all right, well, uh, yeah, should we break this down by position? I mean, we'll say this. Uh, this week's weekly game is most points out of the flex, super flex combined. Uh, so some people are choosing to take advantage of that, and they're putting their top quarterback and their top Running position back. player in that flex spot. E.G. Patrick Mahomes and Zeke. I'm not certain you have done that, but it looks like you maybe have done that. Um so we'll start there. We'll start with uh, quarterback Mahomes versus Prescott. Um, yeah, hard to take anybody besides Mahomes, right? Sure. All right. Zeke versus Eckler. I also like Zeke there. Well, let's do the three running backs, which is David well, Johnson, right, Chris well, Carson. Should we do the quarterback combos then? Mahomes sure. and Breeze versus Prescott and Rodgers? Yeah. I think I also like Mahomes and Breeze because I like Breeze in that shootout potential in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Rodgers, we'll see. Uh, Minnesota, a bit of a tough defense. Um, yep. We'll see if he's on a FU tour or if he's 
can gonna continue to slide down that quarterback draft board. Um, yeah. I'll I'm ready to believe it. I uh, may start Stafford over Orange. All right. So I agree with you. I think Danny has the advantage in quarterback. All right. If we look at running backs, Danny does have the prime running back, mm-hmm. but I think I've got the next three after that. Okay. I would agree with that. Right. And can those three make up the difference? Debatable. Debatable. Yeah. Because so, we'll see what we get out of uh, Duke slash David Johnson. I'm not sure which one that is because they're on the same team. Yes. Probably Duke. Know. You're starting Duke? I'm starting a D, Johnson. duke He's starting <laughs> duke Johnson. Uh, look, I think the wild card here is Mostert. Is, is he going to get end of season Colonel Mustard or are they going to do some sort of timeshare with Coleman yep. and now McKinnon and is he going to get like 12 carries and Who knows? 80 yards and a touch so we'll we'll see uh, what he gets with Mustard that could be the yep. wild card there but I'll give you the edge in running backs and wide receivers I think the two number ones are even slight edge to Thomas over Hill maybe okay. um, and I think I have the edge in the Receiver number twos were Robinson versus Clowder. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's, again, another push, slight edge to Danny in uh, tight ends. Yeah. So who who do you have? What's crazy is I, I think Andrews has the higher ceiling. Like, Andrews getting three touchdowns would be less surprising than Kelsey getting three touchdowns. But But Kelsey is definitely getting... Five catches for 75 yards, at least. Um, And then receivers, yeah, I think I would agree that you have the slight edge uh, cumulatively, but I like Thomas significantly more than Hill. Uh, That being said, um, I don't know. This is going to be, this is, you know, it's the marquee matchup for a reason. I think this very well could be uh, two teams in the 130s or 140s. And, you know, I gave Danny a 9 out of 10, and I like his potential. And you gave me a 5. So and I gave why you five. are you stressing over I this? Why are you stressing? I think I'm going to pick you. <laughs> Give me AJ in this matchup. Okay. Will you be choosing your matchup this year, or will no. you continue to abstain? All right. So noble of you. All right. Who keeps winning the pickups? <laughs> it's close. I think I won him week or year one, for the record. But whatever, I digress. No, I, I didn't. I didn't do very well last year. <laughs> that we know. All right. Well, that's it for the Pickums. Uh, as we mentioned, this week's weekly game is most points out of the flex and super flex combined. So it may behoove you to put your best two players possible uh, in those two spots. Um. We've got some more uh, fun goodies planned for next week. So uh, be sure and join us next week. And thank you for listening. And uh, best of luck to those of you in the league, especially um, myself and and yourself. Uh, And goodbye uh, to Sweden. Okay. Bye for now.